Sam, are you ready to meet the king? Tell me more. The king of DIY, the king of unsigned, the king of working out a million different ways to make a living doing what you love. Oh, so Charles was busy then. That's so seven days ago. And he doesn't actually do any work. True, whereas Shao really does. The exact opposite of, of, of hustling. <laughs> Throning. <laughs> Just sitting on your throne and doing jack. One extreme. Yep. Hustling. Working out 12.7 different ways to make income doing the thing that you love doing. This episode is just full of so much actionable shit to help you make money, to help you not make mistakes, to help get you excited, inspired. And also because this guy works in his own little world, his own little niche genre wise, there's a lot of insights that we haven't had from previous guests before that I think are really exciting. Yeah. But, you know, most uh, importantly, he was on Fortnite. I don't want to overexcite you, but uh, he might also give you some tax return tips. Sexy. <laughs> <laughs> well, Shao, we always start the show with one question, which is top three tips on something that the artist or the guest has, you know, had a lot of experience in, a bit of a specialist in. You do so many cool things and wear so many cool hats. We didn't really know how to like make it more precise, so we've intentionally kept it broad with you. So the question I want to ask you to start off, value for our listeners straight away, is what are three things that you wish when you were at the start of this crazy journey that you've had? You kind of wish you were told, you kind of wish you were new, or you think might have made things a bit easier for you. What are the top three things? Okay, so for me, number one would always be um, to set aside a proportion, a percentage of any money that you make from music into a different account and either, uh, well, don't touch it and ideally just have it in an account you don't see. Just having money in case stuff happens is really good like an emergency emergency fund also apparently we need to pay taxes so that's that's a good idea too <laughs> and um it's also really nice because in in the first five to six years of my career i spent pretty much every penny i earned on my music as well as keeping myself alive and mm -hmm. so at the end of a year or when i was doing when i actually had my taxes done and my accountant's telling me how much money I've made. It's kind of hard to get that in your brain because you're like, well, where is it? You know, because yeah. it's all been spent. <laughs> and learning the difference between turnover and profit is also quite important. But <laughs> just having some money put to the side to be able to kind of proof of concept to just be able to look at and be like, okay, well, here is the fruit of my labor. And if I want to mm -hmm. take myself on holiday or if I want to buy something cool for myself, um, I can do because this money is mine to do with as I wish, mm -hmm. you know, but also more importantly, because as an independent artist stuff happens and sometimes you just need money and, and it's mm -hmm. good to have money saved. Uh, sure. my second tip would be to make sure that you diversify, but not too early. So don't just expect to make money for music and that's it because we're, we're long past that point unfortunately mm -hmm. um musicians draw their audience in with their music yes but they really make money from their fan base from a variety of means whether that be merchandise or shows or brand deals etc etc um so be open to diversify and also be open to completely tearing yourself down and rebuilding if you need to based on new information based on um new lessons and life and just the way your career is going but never mm. compromise your integrity is what i would say nice. um but yeah just just get used to incorporating the other aspects of your personality into your artistry so that 
people can feel an affinity with you rather than just like one or two tracks. And I guess the third thing that I would say is learn how to network and talk to other human beings in a way that doesn't come across as if you want stuff from them constantly. (laughs) Because networking is indeed a superpower and being able to go to industry events, being able to quickly build rapport with key industry people and get them not only to like you, but to also want to work with you without feeling like, oh, this person's just going to annoy me unless I do something for them, is a good position to be in. One of the reasons we want to have you on is because you feel like a kind of king of DIY um, in terms of doing so many different things. How many different things do you think you've earned money off in your music? From writing, performing, animating. I I feel like you could have like, 10 different income streams. I'm not sure still even in 2023, that many musicians get their head around quite how broad their um, music entrepreneurship needs to be Mm. for one of a better better expression. I I could try and work it out for you. Hold on. Um, So there's the traditional music. So Spotify, playlists, et cetera, et cetera. I guess YouTube counts under that. Um, Mm. Even though I I kind of view, I I view YouTube music and YouTube, the platform is two very different things, yeah. mm. personally. But for for the sake of this, we'll say it's one. Mm. Twitch streams uh, is two. Live performances, three. Merchandise, four. Uh, brand partnerships, five. Uh, writing for brands, six. So when I say brand partnerships, I'm talking about like social media campaigns and things like that, whereas writing music for brands is a different thing. Yeah. Uh, seven would be the manga. Um, let's see. Eight would be, oh, yeah, speaking at uh, universities and doing masterclasses and inspirational talks, that sort of thing. I'm now determined to get to 10. Um, <laughs> nine would be royalties from um, from radio play, that kind of thing. Um, and 10 would be... Uh, comics? What have, I got? have you written? No, I've said mango already. Yeah, okay, I've said mango. That. Already. We're in. We're all trying to get to the ten. Yeah, I, I want that tenth one. I, I'll think on it. I'm Have you sure ever bossed? That there's... No, I don't. I don't. I, to be honest, though, I used to travel around and sell my music um, from a backpack. Sell my CDs from a backpack. Did you say music sales? You said Spotify and streaming at the beginning, but oh, physical, like, physical... sales. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, okay, so we got we got we got merchandise like online merchandise, and then I also do events like um, Comic Cons and um, yeah, things yeah. like that, and I will have a stand there where I sell my merchandise and I perform and things like that. So yeah, there's that as well. Well, like, yeah, Ho- that one. Selling hoodies and t-shirts is merchandise separate to, yeah. you still can buy a physical CD or... Yeah, you can actually find me in me. the real world and buy something direct for me and I'll sign it. So there's, <laughs> there is to that the too. actual human being and then yeah. buy something physical. Awesome. <laughs> well, we <laughs> got to 10. Yeah, we did get to 10. Awesome. 10 different well, ways of generating income. <laughs> And I'm not sure if we touched on this in it, but we've got to ask you, King of DIY and now on Fortnite. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> oh, 11. sync. That's 11. Boom. <laughs> yeah, it's 11. Yeah. I'm an overachiever. How did you end up on Fortnite? That is really a good example of um, long-term planning leading to, to quick turnarounds, actually, because <laughs> that was as a result of a publisher that I know who recommended me somebody was looking for somebody who could write japanese lyrics and who could make rap related music in that kind of style and the guy instantly referred me and it's only because i've spent the last 10 to 15 years building up my reputation as that guy who does that mm-hmm. so you know diversify yes but also um 
be very, very good at the things that you diversify yourself within. So I'd like to hope that my reputation preceded me. And and as a result, I got recommended for the job. And it was as simple as having a phone call with a person. It was like, oh, yeah, we're working for this company. You don't know if you've heard of them, Epic Games. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> have you heard of them? Wow. Yeah. World's biggest games company. In terms of power moves, that was probably the easiest and quickest one I've ever done. And it was, and it, it feels like, it, it's kind of like when you see a, magi- a magician do a trick and it looks super simple, but you're discounting that it took them years and years of study to actually make it look simple. It was one of those ones. Mm. Yeah, overnight success, 10 years in the making kind of. End. Yes, yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly that. Sam, I don't know about you. I'm, try- I'm just trying to think what, what a viewer could take from that um, and learn from it. Like, that's a hell of a niche, rapping in Japanese. I can give them something which is which is literally that it's important to be very, very good at the things that you are known to be good at. It's important to maintain and 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 cultivate your reputation within not just with your fans, but ideally also within the music industry, depending on what you want to do. If you want to be in sync and if you want your music in games, in TV shows, in movies, then you do need to have a reputation amongst the sync agents and amongst publishers so that they will refer you when the time is right. Lawyers are also really good to have a good reputation with as well. Mm-hmm. And um, it's important to be prompt with responses and to be willing to turn work around very quickly because there were a lot of notes, there were a lot of changes requested. And it's very easy to complain and be like, oh, well, you asked for this and now you're asking for this. But it's a lot easier to just be like, okay, get it done. Because <laughs> then that hopefully leads to more work. And if it doesn't, it at least leads to a happy client and, and leads to people talking favorably about you. Yeah, we've all had those emails at 11.30 at night, Ken. You do this in half an hour. Like, um... <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you're paying me 100 quid, maybe not. But, if, you know, if it's... Um, I think also understanding when it's good for your career and when it's somebody taking the pee is also very important. Yeah. If um, I'm not going to ask to see your tax return, Xiao, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) have you got any kind of ballpark figure that you're happy to share? Like, you know, to a lot of our listeners at the start of their career, the thought of being in what is clearly one of the biggest games in the world, one of the biggest brands in the world they could be thinking everything from this guy's a millionaire now. He was in the biggest game of all time. I am not. Through to, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> but this, is, this is the thing because like, you know, when you are at this start, you don't know. You were just saying you have to learn. Mm-hmm. You have to find these things out. Are you happy to give some kind of ballpark figure, even if it's, you know, more than or less than of what that work for Fortnite would have gotten you overall? So it's, see, that's an interesting question because mm. if we're saying, straight pay it's one thing but if we're seeing how much money you get overall that's a very Mm -hmm. different thing Mm -hmm. and i think what's important to recognize and to realize is that opportunities aren't always just how much you get paid but it's also how much you can get paid and how much you can generate not just Mm -hmm. financially but as a result of these opportunities of course so to to slightly tangent off your question for just a second, <laughs> mm. using the the fact that I was in Fortnite has allowed me to get bookings at other events, yeah. much bigger events. For instance, I'm doing um, Japan Expo in France, which is literally the biggest anime convention in Europe. Wow. Would I have gotten that without the Fortnite connection? Maybe. But mm. it certainly helps, yep. you know? And yeah, yeah. that leads to more money. That leads to more exposure. That leads to more fans. Mm. I got interviewed by Crunchyroll, which is literally Huge. the biggest um, yeah. anime streaming site in the world. Mm. And definitely the Fortnite thing ho- helped open the door <laughs> for that. So yeah. if we're talking straight financial, mm. it's okay. Yeah, it's fine. But I'm always thinking about 
what else can this lead to? How does this look for my career? How does this look for my fan base as well? Because I always feel a responsibility to show positive growth for my fan base, to make them feel rewarded for following and for supporting me and to feel proud of that. So having those big career milestones, they can get on board with me and celebrate with me and they can think, yeah, you know, in some way I helped him do that. And the truth is, yes, you did. Because if I didn't have the fan base, if you didn't inspire me to make the music I make, would a company like that have wanted to work with me? Probably not, Mm -hmm. you know? So I just always think for any new artist, be careful about looking at the pure financials Mm -hmm. of this is what I'm saying, you know? Because sometimes opportunity can lead to so many more things in life than what you can just be paid. (laughs) And often I'm far more willing to take less money (laughs) if it means that I can get more. Now for this, for a game like this, you can get paid anywhere upwards of 10 grand, you know, more, less. um, And it really depends on how much work you're doing. It depends on what sort of, what's the word I want, permissions and and rights (laughs) that the company wants. You could get paid, you know, if you do a sync for a company, like a worldwide company like Coca-Cola, Disney, you can get paid 50 grand, 100 grand. There's the, it's it's based on how well you negotiate, firstly, and it's mm-hmm. also based on what it is you're doing. So I don't want to give a specific figure. Mm-hmm. It's good money, mm-hmm. but what is better is the opportunities that you can get as a result of this. Just to jump off the back of that then, because you, you've talked about something me and Mark talk about a lot, and we've talked about on the show a lot of, the especially for us at the start the doing things for classic exposure you know building your brand building Mm -hmm. awareness and this kind of cultural change that we've definitely noticed over the past few years of people even at the start being less and less willing to do things for free you said the e-word sam exposure yeah Um, i think exposure is fine but pay me as well Mm -hmm. is is well this this was going to be the question i was going to ask you because this is again, the conversation me and Mark have been having is at the start, it can be really tricky because there's this culture now, which is great for artists of you should be paid for your work. And that is an incredible thing. But also we always know there are going to be people that either don't have the budget or are trying to be crafty, but it genuinely could lead to the kind of opportunities, not necessarily on the same level, but of a similar impact on that person's career, like the Fortnite thing did for you. So how now looking back at the start of your career and the, the journey that you've had, what would be your guidance for an artist at the start in terms of taking on those either free or very low-paid gigs, but longer-term thinking in terms of relationships and that kind of thing? I think at the start, if what you are doing gives you experience, knowledge, and learning in order to be better at what you're doing, then it's work experience. And traditionally, work experience isn't paid, even though it should be. Mm. But I would say your payment would be is normally the lessons and the experience that you're getting out of that. And now it's in the early stages. The minute that you feel that you've mastered your craft, the minute that you are able to draw a crowd, I'm speaking specifically about live performances at this point, but the minute that people are coming out to see you Mm. and a decent amount of people are paying to see you, the minute that you could put on a good show and people are enjoying it, that is when you are doing a job and that's when you deserve to be paid for that job. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter what any promoter says about p- promotion, experience, etc. They're getting paid. <laughs> the bar staff yeah. are getting paid. The person who cleans the toilet is getting paid. Everybody <laughs> except the person who is bringing human beings into the room and entertaining them is getting paid. And mm-hmm. that to me is wrong. Um, so exposure is fine, 
but exposure does not pay my bills and exposure does not keep my lights on. So mm-hmm. yes, you, I'm happy for the exposure, but also pay me. Sometimes it's, it's, it's more about the, the, the principle than the amount. So mm-hmm. even if it's like, look, pay me 50 quid, pay me 100 quid, but you're paying me something is better than like a, oh, okay, because that then lets that promoter feel that they're justified and that, they're, they're, that it's okay to treat artists like that when it's not. And if every artist banded together and stopped accepting these work for nothing gigs, yeah. then uh, these companies would very quickly realize that they can't get away with this. <laughs> Without naming any names, I've I've had this multiple times in the past where where companies or or um, events have been like, yeah, oh, we don't have a budget um, to pay you, but we'd really love f- for you to perform. It's like, okay, well, you had a budget, you've clearly <laughs> spent it on something. You've just <laughs> not deemed me worth the budget to set aside. So, mm. with that in mind if you can't respect my time and if you can't respect the years of time and effort I've put into becoming great at what I do to the point that you want me to perform, then why am I performing for you? Because if I come along and say, okay, yeah, I'm going to do this for, I'm going to do it as a favor. I'm going to do it for the exposure. You've got no reason to pay me the next time you want to book me. And let's not forget, this is a small industry and people talk. So then maybe another company wants to book me and they also know that somebody's booked me in the past for nothing. So why are they going to want to pay me? You know, mm-hmm. so you have to put a value on what you do. Otherwise, others won't value what you do. Good one, Lana. Thank you. <laughs> I have them sometimes. How are you building the brand on socials these days? Particularly as you have a very international fan base, you're not going to go and mm. fire outside the local nightclub anymore. I know you did that. <laughs> I know you did the hard yards in the early days, but yeah. we're now in 2023. How are you building the brand on socials? Do you know, I, I just try and be authentically me on socials. I've I've always said, and I maintain this, if I was not a musician, you probably would not see me on social media. I don't like it. I don't want to do it. Um, but it's part of the job. And yeah. it, it, it's, it's fundamentally what makes me money. It, you know, I've now, I'm now partnering with brands where my social media, I'm learning how valuable my social media is, how valuable my following is, because it is so niche and it is so specific that there are certain brands who really want to be able to talk to the people who follow me. And if they want to do that, they've got to pay me, you know? So being able to leverage that hard work that I've put into cultivating a following is nice, certainly. But um, I think just being authentically me and having fun with what I do. So like I was saying to you before we started this, I've recently become a father and I'd always said, I'm not going to be one of those parents who posts his kid all over his social media. (laughs) I am doing everything within my power to not post constant pictures and videos. This child (laughs) is so cute. My phone is full of, of, I've already run out my 100 gig uh, space on Google Drive. It's ridiculous. Um, My social media is just me being me, but more professionally. You know, you're not going to see every aspect of my life. You will see the things that I want to show you. Mm -hmm. And yes, it will be very highly curated and and everything looks great and (laughs) et cetera, et cetera. But it is still me, just me a little bit more cherry picked. Um, One of the reasons I wanted to get your insights on that is your career has perfectly straddled social media going from being a niche thing to being close to vital. And I know that you're not that into it. But because you look like you're having fun on it, that's not obvious. So it's really helpful to get that assertion from you that you don't want to do it, but it's part of the yeah. job. So you've got to do it. Yeah. And yeah. now you're actually directly monetizing it. And that's the thing. I think that if I'm going to do it, I might as well have fun 
doing something I don't particularly want to do. You know, <laughs> I, I do enjoy content creation. I don't enjoy the, oh, this many people liked your post. Oh, why <laughs> why why is this less than the last time? Oh, why have I got, not got enough comments? Why is the algorithm not liking me? All of that stuff. Why am I not popular enough? How many followers do I have? I don't like all that. I just want to make cool stuff and leave me alone, basically. <laughs> <laughs> New Instagram bio right there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, a few one-liners. One, um, one thing we often talk about, Xiao, is finding your tribe, not just as a musician, mm-hmm. just, you know, as a human being, finding the people that speak to you and, uh, you know, are, are your people. Um, you could argue one of the very definitions of building a strong fan base, a strong audience, is finding your tribe as an artist. How did you yeah. find your tribe? How did you find the people that connected with the things that you love doing and the things that you love creating? I've always found that if you're being authentically you, your fan base is going to be very similar mm. to you. And I, I think I it, it sort of dawned on me just by having conversations with people in the early stages when I had a couple hundred mm. followers. It's very easy to talk to people on a on a one to one basis and just have back and forths and just be like, OK, thanks very much for following me. You know, what else do you like? What else are you into? Um, what do you like about my music? What else do you want to hear from me? That sort of stuff. And the the, the themes and the trends seemed pretty consistent you know people liked very similar things to me they were into gaming they were into anime they were into similar music to me and so when you start to notice those trends it becomes easier to identify somebody who's likely going to be into your music based on their other hobbies Mm. and when you know that people have very similar hobbies to you it then becomes easier to share those hobbies with the world via social media and via whatever it is you're doing such as fusing anime and manga into my work because I know that my fan base is going to like it. So it's constantly just about extending your artistic personality and your overall personality into your artistry. And people, I believe, will gravitate towards you if you're doing it right and if you're doing it well. But you do also have to take the time to identify who is going to be into you as well as who is not going to be into you. And it's fine to define who your fan base will not be in, who your music is not for, and then to not focus on them because then that saves you time, it saves you effort, it saves you energy. Why go where you're not loved? Why try and convince a hater when uh, and take and spend an hour trying to convince somebody who doesn't want to like you to like you when it will take you one minute to convince 10 people who will like you to like you, you know? So uh, be careful with your energy and, and use it wisely because as an artist and as an independent artist, this is very much a war of attrition. It's often a case of when rather than if, mm-hmm. and that when could be 10 years of solid graft. It could be 20 years of solid graft. It could be 30, 40 years. <laughs> but if you keep going and if you keep consistently improving, making great stuff and building a fan base, and as long as every single year you do something better than you did the year before, it's undoubtable that you're going to find some form of success. It's impossible not to. How can how could you not find success if you're constantly growing and improving every single year? So it's just a case of how quickly you do that and how long you keep going for. We established <laughs> near the start of our chat that you were earning income in over 10 different ways. 11, um, apparently. As an artist. <laughs> 11 and counting. Yeah. You'll, be test- you'll be messaging me during the day going, I've thought of a 12th, thought of a 13th. <laughs> yeah. um, see where we get by the end of the week. Which oh I did actually just think of oh, I did think of a track. Um yeah. Um so I also do personalized tracks where um fans can uh, order it on my website. I just go into the studio and give them a shout out on one of their uh, favorite tracks. Sick. Technically it's merchandise, but I think it's it, I think it's different enough where no, that's it, definitely it, it, different like, enough. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Yeah. That, the committee are definitely giving that a pass. Distinctive <laughs> yeah. income. That meets the Mark Dell distinctive income stream definition. Mm, got it. Push. Got it. Sorted. 12, nearly a teenager. So we established <laughs> 12 and rising different sources of income for you as an artist in 2023. Which, if any, do you think is the most underappreciated by artists at the moment? Mm. Just like the kind of covert one that's uh, the low-hanging fruit that people aren't thinking about. Everyone knows sell a CD, streaming, hoodies. What's under what's what what are we underappreciating as musicians in 2023? Don't know why I said we. I am going to say something that seems obvious, but I'm I'm saying it because I think this will be of the most benefit to your listeners, which is in real life. Um, so selling merchandise in real life, going to real life shows and interacting with your fan base and cultivating and building your audience in real life. It's so easy and 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 um comfortable to constantly think about social media, to constantly think about um, how much money you're spending on ads and things like that, ad revenue, music videos, et cetera, et cetera, being that online persona, that we forget how important and how vital it is to stand on a stage and look a fan in the eye and turn them into a casual listener, turn them from a casual listener into a hardcore fan right there and then and see that transition happen. To stand around after the show at the merch desk and have conversations with people, find out what they, why they got into your music. Just talk to them in general, not even about your music, but just about life and about who they are and what they're about and learn who these people are so that you can, next time you see them, you can have an even better conversation and they feel connected to you because you care and you give a damn, you know? Actually having decent merch as well. I can't tell you how much money, how much more money I've made from shows just as a result of bringing my merch along. More money than I could have ever been paid from a promoter, you know, just by having the right merch along and knowing how to sell it, how to talk to people about it. So can we give a multiple on that? We're talking like you've more than double, tripled what you earned from the gig by doing the merch. Yeah. There's one show where I, I at least 10 times what I was paid from, wow. um, from a booking. From wow. the booking, just from um, just from the merch, and was it not the way you said that? It sounded like it wasn't actually your own show. Were you supporting someone else? Or support, these... support slot. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So supporting at someone else's show, and then you times tens that income from the merch. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Clip that up, Tyler. <laughs> That's yeah. our social media so, sorted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there is a lot of money to be made in merch, but it's more than just white t-shirt with band name on. Yeah. You've got to stick around cool merch. Which is which has happened less in the post-COVID era. It's been used yeah. as a stimulus to not bother go out by the merch table afterwards for half an hour. Mm. Yeah. For me, I like to talk to people, you know. So when I did my headline shows in the beginning, I would always hide backstage. <laughs> and I realized that I'm missing out on genuine connections with people. And it's because I'm trying to be the showman. I'm trying to, oh, they can't see me before I go on stage. But people want to see me. They want to talk to me. So, you know, before oh, the show, on. you might find me hanging out just by the merch table, talking to people. Then I disappear maybe half an hour before I headline the show, come out and do it, and then go back to the merch table. You and do merch I can't before? Before. Wow. Oh, wow. Okay. Because that is, that is unusual. If it's my headline show, you've clearly yeah. come to see me perform, right? So you already know who I am. I don't need to convince you <laughs> per se to buy merch. Maybe you want to put the merch on before I perform. Maybe you just want yeah, to have a bit of a conversation. <laughs> some do. Some do. I mean, some people have bought my music on digital and then come and bought the physical CD just to have it. Do you know? Yeah. So physical CDs are also still a thing. Um, vinyl, obviously very much a thing, but I'm, I'm super into art prints. So, um, I, I spend a lot of money getting my art 
for my singles done and I want them to look of a certain caliber. And then I turned and I was looking at them and I thought, these look really cool. I'd love to have them on my wall. And I I thought, (laughs) okay, well, why not? So they're not just art prints, but they're foil art prints. So they reflect the light and they they just have a bit more utility than just being a nice picture. And I'm always about things that do other stuff. So my T-shirts, for instance, have glow-in-the-dark features to them. (laughs) And it's just because I think it's cool. Yeah. Uh, do the prints count as another income source? Or you <laughs> I mean, I'm counting that all as merchandise. If we start, if we start breaking down the amount of merchandise I've got, then we're going to be we're going to be well over twenty five different <laughs> okay, income yeah. streams. So yeah. Well, maybe that's a good final question. What? Tell us all the things you merch. So regular t-shirts, glow in the dark t-shirts, beanies. Um, I've got I've got like five different styles of beanies. Caps. I think I've got. <laughs> Um, three or four different styles of caps. Um, used to do hoodies. I'm not doing it at the moment, though. Um, art prints, I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, and I'm ordering a seventh today. So seven different art prints. I've got 3D art coming. So the type where you, you know, it, um, back in the day when you had those pictures and you look at it from different angles uh, and it changes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like hologram type. I'm getting those. So, yeah, so I'm getting those. So it will have three pictures in one. So depending on where you look, it will be a different picture. So I'm wow. getting those done soon. I've got wristbands, key rings, um, badges. <laughs> uh, anybody who buys um, something gets a free sticker. Um, oh, Sam loves I've got, sticker. Yeah, I like stickers. I've got the manga and I've got a, a rubber print that I stamp it with as well. I don't know why. I just think it's cool. I thought you were going to so say rubber got, duck. Like, <laughs> <laughs> stamp it with a rubber brilliant. duck, yeah. yeah I've got so yeah, I've got volume one of that. the manga. Volume two I've got coming. Um, what else do I have? I feel I'm missing something. <sighs> Let me check my website. Hold on. <laughs> oh, of course, the uh, the music. So <laughs> CDs. So I've got three albums. Uh, you can buy all of my singles on the on my website. Oh, I've got USBs as well. So you can get USB sticks preloaded with my music on them as well. And oh, the, the personalized tracks as well. Oh, and I had headphones. I did have headphones. I had wireless <laughs> headphones that came preloaded with my music on them. Oh, sick. Wireless... <laughs> Yeah. Preloaded. That's brilliant. You could listen to other people's music as well, or could you only listen to yours? <laughs> uh, well, it had it had an inbuilt MP3 player, so literally okay, you could just right, put yeah. your music on on a um on a what's it called a micro SD card. But the the yeah, card yeah. that it came with had my music preloaded on. Awesome. It. Okay. I love the idea of selling headphones that that have to listen to you. <laughs> yeah. You. Nothing else. Yeah. Nothing yeah. else. Just those three wow. albums on repeat. Well, as I said at the start, you're the king of DIY, and um, I appreciate you answering these questions really precise. I know Sam mm. said it can feel a bit pa- like you've been Jeremy Paxman a little bit, but it's so <laughs> helpful and insightful. I genuinely enjoy helping and I want people to avoid some of the mistakes I made and to just be able mm. to do things quicker, really. So I'm, I'm always down to share knowledge. Awesome. That's basically the one-liner of this podcast, like avoiding <laughs> the mistakes we made. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> amen well, to that. Shall we end every single show with the same question to all of our guests, which is as new music lovers, as new music fans, as we record this on Monday the 15th, terrifyingly, of May 2023, what is one piece of new music you are loving right now? I've gotten down a complete rabbit hole of anime openings at the moment. Ooh. I had um, the the theme from the battle theme from Attack on Titan playing when my son was born. Aww. So um, he's definitely a As he was born. That as he was so born, cool. literally as he came into the world it was the it was sure the, the it, it was that. really it was really precise as well because it was literally the climax of the music and he came <laughs> and he came into the world i was like this is, you couldn't have written this um 
but yeah, so I'm, I'm really, really enjoying anime themes at the moment just because the music's super good. I, I very much like Kickback, uh, which is the opening theme from um, Chainsaw Man. That's that's my jam at the moment. So yeah, I, I'm listening to a lot of non-English music at the moment and enjoying that. So that that's where I'm at at the moment. Awesome. Well, the joy of asking that question to everyone is that we get so many different answers and you can start a yeah. rabbit hole for all <laughs> of our different listeners. So that's that's yeah. exactly what yeah. we're after. Ciao. Thank you so much for your time. I think there's so much wisdom in this. <laughs> and uh, the, here's one thing I will round this up by saying, if listeners made it to the end because they're fascinated by all the insights you've shared, you do do so many things, right? Where's the one place yes. you would want a potential new fan from the show to go? Is it your website? Is it your socials, etc.? My website, absolutely. DIYgang.co.uk is my <laughs> website. Um, and you can find all of my socials from there. And if you enjoy what I do, sign up to my mailing list. You can do that on my website. Uh, that's one thing I forgot to mention for listeners. Mailing lists are still very, very important. Mm. And you could do so much with them. Uh, that's a that's another half an hour conversation, <laughs> just how powerful mailing lists are. But I will just say that for now. Mm. Is there a one minute answer in one final question, which is you still see a website is important? Yes, um, I do because it, I view it as a hub for my activities. Like if you if you only have one website and you want to find me, say, okay, let's say I tell you my Twitter, but you don't use Twitter. That's a waste of your time, right? But if I tell you my website, it's got links to my Twitter, my Twitch, my Instagram, everything on there. It's also got my merchandise. It's also got my mailing list. It's also got the link to my latest music videos, et cetera, et cetera. So everything that you could possibly want from me is there. It's kind of like my online portfolio where if I have to tell you one link, that is the place to go. And you own it. And I own it. And again, going back to mailing lists, that's why they're so important. You own your mailing list. If yeah. Instagram disappeared tomorrow, I lose all of my followers. But if but I don't lose everybody on my mailing list. And I've still got the ability to contact them and to let them know about my latest music. So mailing lists, owning your data owning owning the the data about the people who care about you so so important if you haven't started a mailing list net yet start it immediately sam loves social media so much i think he's hung up in disgust uh, <laughs> <laughs>